David Barrett from Expensify.com is a douche. But let's hear him out. I know you don't want to hear this from me, and I guarantee I don't want to say it, but we're facing an unprecedented attack on the foundations of democracy itself. If you're a U.S. citizen, anything less than a vote for Biden is a vote against democracy. That's right. I'm saying a vote for Trump. A vote for a third-party candidate or simply not voting at all. They're all the same. And they all mean, I care more about my favorite issue than democracy. I believe Trump winning is more important than democracy. I am comfortable standing aside and allowing democracy to be methodically dismantled in plain sight. If the polls are accurate, there's a roughly 50% chance that you agree Trump needs to go. You know what to do. Show up tomorrow and vote for Biden. Or even better, don't wait until then. Vote today. Go to vote.org if you need help figuring out how. The rest of this email is intended to address the concerns of those who disagree, and I'll try to take the most likely questions in turn. First question, why do you care so much about democracy? Well, let me tell you. Democracy is core to our business success in a variety of ways. Internally, we're famously flat organization. Nobody reports to anyone else. And advancement is a result of meeting well-defined criteria as judged by the vote of those who have already advanced. How we compensate each other is left up to a team vote as well. Even our external business model depends on individual employees electing to adopt Expensify as individuals and then campaigning internally to get it adopted company-wide. At every layer, democracy is our core competitive advantage, both as a company and as a nation, but that advantage is only as strong as the clarity of our rules and the fairness of their application. Any attempt to disrupt the rules or apply them unfairly is a direct threat to the strength of our company and the strength of our nation. David, you fucking idiot. This is the most ridiculous drivel I've ever read. In your business, participation is voluntary, you charlatan. People apply, they interview, they hire in to perform tasks and receive compensation all voluntarily with consent. Each represents their own thoughts and ideas, and as a group, you agree to listen and participate whenever possible, voluntarily. There are no elected reps in your company. It's famously flat? Oh, really? Democracy can't confer a competitive edge to the people. They either abdicate their voice to a rep or they agree to work if outvoted. And both are a sacrifice of their own desire for the team. And that's voluntary. You cannot possibly mean that they have to have a popularity contest to see which idea is best for the company. Get the fuck out of here. Surely you must mean that the ideas themselves 
are competing with each other. The ideas are what's being compared. And again, who would vote for a terrible idea? If an idea has merit, everyone chooses it. And if more than one good idea is represented or presented, a decision of one over the other means a sacrifice of some kind, however small. This isn't a competition. That's teamwork. But if you mean the company is more successful because of this business model, then I got to wonder why you need a government at all. Just allow the business to do its thing. Even our external business model depends on an individual employee's quote-unquote electing to adopt expensify as individuals. That's not an election, you fool. That's a decision. There's a difference. Don't conflate elections with decisions, my friends. This is a tricksy, tricksy baggins. He's lying to you. Listen to this. This is his first question. The first answer to the first question, why do you care so much about democracy? He says, democracy is core to our business success in a variety of ways. Nobody reports to anyone else and advancement that would be getting a raise, sometimes more responsibility, usually more pay. That's what we mean by advancement. That means going ahead of the group. Going ahead of the group is a result of meeting well-defined criteria set up by whom? Set up by whom? Well-defined criteria as judged by, judged by the vote. You don't judge things by a vote. This is, these are weasel words, and this is terribly reprehensible behavior, Mr. Barrett. Shame on you. Meeting well-defined criteria as judged by the vote of those who have already advanced. Oh my God, how is that not more like an oligarchy than democracy? What a fool. But that's not all. At every layer, democracy is our core competitive advantage, both as a company and as a nation. But that advantage is only as strong as the clarity of our rules and the fairness of their application. I'll buy that. I'll buy that you get an advantage if everybody follows the same fucking plan without any deviation, that all of the rules are applied to every person equally, that there is no qualified immunity. Not for vaccine manufacturers, not for politicians forcing them on people so that they can participate in commerce and travel, and not for fucking cops. Any attempt to disrupt the rules or apply them unfairly, is a direct threat to the strength of our company and the strength of our nation. Why are you comparing the strength of the company to the strength of the nation? Why are you putting those two things together? This is terrible. 
Let's move on to the next question and see what this asshole has to say. What gives you the right to tell me what to do? Here's David's answer. The First Amendment. Oh yeah, he said it. To be clear, you don't need to listen, but the First Amendment exists to encourage people like you and me to find some way to talk about the issues that matter. Set aside our differences and find a common ground on which to collectively govern 331 million citizens. Yes, democratic self-rule can be inconvenient, but a burden of democracy is that this is literally our job, so I'm asking all of us to take it seriously. I can't even with this guy. Good Lord. First Amendment doesn't give anyone any rights. How could it? Is it Santa Claus? If you've never heard of the Constitution, would you still be free to speak? How do people in countries without constitutions communicate with each other? You were born with the ability to communicate your thoughts and ideas, and one of those methods is through speech, voiced and written. The state cannot confer this natural right to you any more than it can the ability. You're born with it. Babies cry out for food. Mothers oblige. Even so, freedom to speak is not the same as freedom to tell someone what to do, and there should be zero expectation of compliance. Why? Because compliance should be voluntary. If it isn't, the action isn't one made with freedom. Democracy is supposed to, quote-unquote, be about freedom. Democratic self-rule, David, doesn't make any fucking sense. And that's the truly inconvenient part about it. Because democracy includes abdicating your voice to a representative and never getting it back. In fact, one might imagine that only politicians, elected officials, and electoral college delegates have voices that matter. Does that sound like freedom? Does it sound like self-rule? No, man, it sounds like top-down rule. Your representatives can't listen to all of you. It's a statistical impossibility, no matter how much they want to. So sometimes half of you, sometimes half, are getting misrepresented or outright boned. David's next question that he thinks is predictable is, but you're a company, shouldn't you remain neutral? Expensify depends on a functioning society and economy. Not many expense reports get filed during a civil war. As CEO of this business, it's my job to plot a course through any storm, and all evidence suggests that another four, or as Trump has hinted, eight or more, years of Trump leadership will damage our democracy to such an extent I'm obligated on behalf of shareholders to take any action I can to avoid it. I'm confident our democracy and Expensify can survive a Biden presidency. I can't say the same about Trump. It's truly as simple as that. 
The economy was functioning until state governors told people they were going to fine them if they left their homes, jackass. Economy is a system of people getting their needs met. Impossible. Hamstrung when people are forced to stay at home. If you need the government to ensure your business survives a lockdown mandate, then your business was never prepared to handle that obstacle. I'm not surprised. But again, that's your problem. Get cracking. If you cannot guarantee your success through freedom, then it sounds like your business is less appealing to people than you think. Or you think state-mandated lockdowns are ideal. Fucking gross. In either case, Trump cannot be blamed for your business's shortcomings in its own market. Also, anyone voting for Trump wouldn't care if he stayed in office. In fact, the only ones who've promised civil war are the Democratic left, who've been promising that they are going to bring force unless they win. Promising that Trump will not win unless it is through voter suppression. This is similar to flattening the curve in my, in my mind. There's no science here. The only importance born from superstitious fears. Another question. Question four. Don't you think you're exaggerating a bit? David says, I truly wish I was. In other words, he's not. He's not exaggerating. This is not hyperbole. David means every single word in this missive. I truly wish I was. I wouldn't be sending this email if this election were just about quote-unquote normal issues like taxes, legislative priorities, health care. But it isn't. This election is a referendum on what limits, if any, we place on our elected members and leaders to govern us in a fair and representative way. This election will decide if widespread voter suppression is an acceptable governing tactic. Of course it isn't. You fucking clown. And nobody thinks it is. This is more tautological alarmism. This country has a vote counting and verification problem, and it's trying to disguise it as an espionage and sabotage problem. This dumbass is a zealot. That's scary, David. Doesn't everyone suppress votes? David has an answer for this, too. Not like Trump. That's his answer. When, when asked, doesn't everyone suppress votes, David would say, not like Trump. Meaning, yes, they do. He says, this is the most heavily litigated election in history with over 300 lawsuits rushing through the courts before Election Day. And in every case, Biden is pushing to enable voters, while Trump is pushing to suppress them. The trend couldn't be more clear. Biden wants democracy. Trump does not. A vote for Trump is to endorse voter suppression. It really is very basic. This isn't about party politics. If Biden were advocating for half of the voter suppression that Trump is actively doing, then I'd be fighting against Biden too. This is bigger than politics as usual. This is about the very foundation 
of our nation. I don't like this answer at all, David, because you're admitting that everyone suppresses votes. I think you might be an actual idiot, and I'm sorry for anyone following your drivel. Well, my guy isn't as bad as your guy. It's not really the same thing as saying my guy is the best and does nothing wrong. Now is it? Maybe you should raise the bar for your own party at the same time or shut the fuck up. You want us to pick the lesser of two evils. You're a craphead, David, but I'm going to move on and follow your original line of thinking. Next question David has is, isn't Trump just trying to prevent voter fraud? And his answer to this one's pretty good. I like this one the most, actually. He says, voter fraud is virtually non-existent, as overwhelmingly shown by data showcased by the White House itself. That data comes from the Heritage Foundation, a conservative think tank counting every single known case of voter fraud since 1948, which adds up to only 1,290 distinct votes over 78 years. In 2016 alone, there were 138 million votes. There's just no credible argument that voter fraud is significant, even based on Trump's own data. And here's something you should know. They cited a source, which is my favorite thing, because then I go... And I look at the source, which is what you should be doing. This is a statement from the homepage of the Heritage Foundation reference. The Heritage Foundation's Election Fraud Database presents a sampling of recent proven instances of election fraud from across the country. This database is not an exhaustive or comprehensive list. It does not capture all cases and certainly does not capture reported instances that are not investigated or prosecuted. It is intended to demonstrate the vulnerabilities in the election system and the many ways in which fraud is committed. In addition to diluting the votes of legitimate voters, fraud can have an impact in close elections, and we have many close elections in this country. Preventing, deterring, and prosecuting election fraud is essential to protecting the integrity of our voting process. Reforms intended to ensure such integrity do not disenfranchise voters and, in fact, protect their right to vote. Winning elections leads to political power, and the incentives to take advantage of security vulnerabilities are great, so it is important that we take reasonable steps to make it hard to cheat, while making it easy for legitimate voters to vote. End fucking quote. David.
These guys seem to disagree with you. It is not an exhaustive list. It is not a comprehensive list. It is not overwhelming evidence of anything other than the fact that you can fuck with voting. That it's been documented at least 1,200 times. But there's a detail you forgot to mention, David. Heritage Foundation doesn't just count how many votes people think are wrong. They count the ones that there was evidence for and that were prosecuted. It's not enough for so-and-so from Broward County to say, I think someone cheated. Litigators actually got to level charges. And I, there's another detail you forgot, David. The Heritage Foundation classifies the different types of voter fraud, and one of them is changing results at the poll center itself. Let that marinate in your brain, David. Because that means one person's effect is orders of magnitude above one-for-one one votes. I mean, it's really important to understand how the Electoral College works, and you can look that up on Wikipedia for fuck's sake. You should probably do that. Isn't Biden just using more widespread voting to get elected, David? Who are your constituents, David, that they ask these questions, by the way? Just kidding. I know you're trying to get ahead of the, the questions. Okay, so isn't Biden just using more widespread voting to get elected? David thinks absolutely. This is the heart of the issue, in fact. He says Biden believes that enabling more people to vote will help him win. Biden wins by promoting democracy. Trump wins by suppressing it. A vote for Biden is a vote for democracy. No shit. Biden can't use voting. Ostensibly, that's your job, dude. You go cast your vote. And in so doing, you're participating and encouraging democracy. If that's your thing. Yes, even if you vote for Trump. If all people have the ability to vote already, then Trump can't deny it. It seems like it would be common sense, but you seem to think the Constitution's magical, so who knows? So what if Trump gets elected by voter suppression? All's fair, right? Well, well, that's what we're going to decide tomorrow. David wants to know, do you want your elected official to win based on the merits of their ideas? Or based on the ruthlessness of their voter suppression? And if you're okay with just a little suppression, where do you draw the line? Let me ask you that question yourself, David, because you said you're fine with just a little suppression. You said everyone does it. In fact, you said that there's a magic number in there somewhere because you know that Trump's doing a lot of it. You don't know how much, but you know it's a lot. You know it's enough. And if Biden was doing even half that amount, 
you would be stopping Biden. In other words, you'd be stopping both of them, right? Right, David? But David, that means you're okay with just a little suppression. So where do you draw the line, David? Why send me this when the polls say Biden's going to win, David? The polls said Trump was going to lose last time, and he didn't. But even if the polls can be trusted, that might still not be enough. Trump has stated repeatedly he will only honor an election that he personally feels is fair. So much depending on his personal judgment is worrying because he's rejected the overwhelming expert consensus that voter fraud's been negligible historically. He's also said he believes it would be impossible to lose a fair election. Accordingly, the only way to ensure a peaceful transition of power is to ensure this election is an overwhelming, undeniable landslide in favor of Biden. Any excuse to question the election is an opportunity for Trump to refuse to leave the White House, plunging this country into a constitutional crisis bordering on civil war. I think we're there. I think we're there, David. I think we've been bordering on civil war for some time. And I think you're afraid that it might really happen. Just like most of the left, because they don't know where they're going to eat next. They are so dependent upon the state that they don't know where their money is going to come from and even if they do, where they're going to get their food. No matter how slight the risk might be, David goes on to say, the consequences of it happening would be so catastrophic to society and the economy. We need to do all we can to prevent it. So, one final plea. As a fellow citizen, I fully support and respect your constitutional right to disagree. And as an avid supporter of democracy, I value that disagreement. How much is it worth to you, David? Constructive, well-informed debate. Parentheses, hopefully using the most accurate, least biased news source available in parentheses. Can't wait to look that up. It's hyperlinked is what makes this nation so exceptional. Constructive, well-informed debate is what makes this nation so exceptional. When was the last time we had that? Not very often. It doesn't happen very often, guys. Well-informed debate does not happen amongst the populace that quote-unquote Alexis people and they're representatives of that same populace. So how well-informed can the debate be, really? Are they representing us, or are they not? Are we having intelligent discourse and debate, or are we not? We're not. I'll tell you we're not. There is no fucking intelligence behind this lockdown. None. But the Constitution is only as strong as the respect we give it. I'm asking you to cherish it close to your heart and demand that those you elect do the same. Signed, David, founder and CEO of Expensify. And then he's got some PSs. His first PS is, agree or disagree? Reply to this email to share your thoughts with concierge or hit me up on Twitter at dbarrett to discuss. PPS, want to do even more? Support the national popular vote. 
to make every vote count equally toward the presidential election, even if you aren't in one of the 12 states deciding this election. That's a really big joke, David. I hope that it chokes you someday. PPPS, are you annoyed that you receive this as a non-U.S. citizen? This is charming, my friends. He's addressing the non-U.S. citizens that he's mailing it to. Which means he knows he's doing that, right? What do you think that means? Are you annoyed that you receive this as a non-U.S. citizen? If you're lucky enough, lucky enough, you piece of dirt, to live in a democracy, then I'd encourage you to protect it. You better be willing to give your life for it, you piece of dirt, and be willing to do uncomfortable things like be a piece of dirt and emailing millions of customers to defend it. Boy, David, this is a capstone paper, my friend. P.S. We're not friends. You can go fuck yourself any day of the week. And I will help you succeed. Voter suppression can be blamed on quarantine being done by state governors and failed logistics. Not a POTUS job. Mail-in voting can be faked for either party. And this does not qualify as suppression but fraud. See Broward County, Florida. Like any election cycle. Who's going to decide? Who's going to decide tomorrow, David? You and that mouse in your pocket? Starting to sound like a suicide letter. Are you warning people that you're personally going to take up arms and march down there and get that man out of office? Should you be on a watch list of some kind? Should your shareholders... Consider you stable enough to run a company when you're obsessed with thoughts of revolution before civil war? These people are jokes. Because they think this stuff. I think when they're writing it, they must feel like it's so good. It's so inspiring. It's so strongly worded. It's so edgy. It's so authentic and in your face. David didn't say a genuine thing that entire paper. He just kept contradicting, contradicting, I almost said, contradicting himself. He was contradicting himself left and right. The polls said Trump was going to lose last time, and he didn't. We couldn't trust the polls. But even if the polls can be trusted, that might still not be enough. The polls represent... The voters' desires, you asshat. What you're saying is that our desires can't be trusted. That our desires might not still be enough. That us wanting Trump in office may not be right for you, and it may not be enough. This is a call to arms if I've ever heard one, and you are a piece of human filth. Shame, shame, shame on you. A pox on your house. I hope Expensify goes down in flames. Nay, I'll go as far as to say, I hope there's a civil war only in areas that affect Expensify. 
How's that for ridiculous? I fucking mean every word of it. Shame on you, David. I would let you starve in the street. You are in a powerful place. And you got there not by being a genius, it sounds like. And you don't have the good sense to appreciate it in a way that's freeing and encouraging. You think you're calling people, you think you're being a market influencer, you think that you're telling people to raise up and resist some tyranny, and you are the tyrant. You are literally representing the mob right now. You have done away with democracy yourself. You're trying to lead a, trying to lead a coup. Tell me it's not true. Backpedal on your own words, you miserable cuck. Because I guarantee, with your fat paychecks and cozy living style, that that's where all this is coming from. You don't give two shits about starving people in our own country. You don't care about people living paycheck to paycheck. You care about meeting your do-nothing investment capitalist shareholders' expectations so you don't lose your job. You're middle management, and you know it, and you founded your own company, and that's fucking sad. Shame on you. As you can see, my friends, I have nothing nice to say to Mr. Bird, Burn, Barrett, Fuckstick. But I bet he's not a bad dude. I bet he's not really a bad dude. He's a coward, sure. He's not going to go out and fight anyone. He'll have you do that for him. I got a company to run, guys. I got to go to work on Monday. I got to get up in the morning and go to work. Can you guys go out there and fight for me? Someone call the cops. I don't like what Trump's doing. This is the land of the free and the home of the brave. Or it was. Once upon a time. It is no longer either of those things. And I am really, from the bottom of my heart, really sad about that. I love you, America. Even if you didn't live for very long, you will continue to live on in our hearts as a young but free nation. God bless. This is the fourth segment I put out this week. I'm on fire. Please continue to listen, but do me a favor, man. Hit the upvote button on whatever platform this son of a bitch is on. It's, there's like eight or 12 of them. And whichever one you're listening to, please just touch the heart shape thing or like the thumbs up shape thing or like the smiley face shape thing or whatever it is. And send it to the internet. Thank you.